Hey guys, thank you for listening to the MyoBrain podcast. One quick note that I did not include in the original introduction is that we now have two supporting graphics for this podcast. It'll make it a lot easier to listen and follow along with. So you can follow these graphics with uh, our Instagram at MyoBrain or on our website with the direct link that you'll find in the show notes. So again, with all of the 10 categories, I break the devices down into, you can look at the comparison very easily so you don't get lost with going through all the categories. And you'll also be able to see the overall score. I give both the Whoop and the Garmin VivoActive 3. So I definitely encourage you to go look at those graphics either while the podcast is going or very least the beginning of the end so you kind of have some context of the scores that I'm giving. All right, thanks guys. What's up, everyone? So this is Greg Ferris, and you're listening to the MyoBrain podcast. I have a solo show today. I think this is episode four. Uh, most of the previous episodes have been with either athletes that I've worked with or other coaches. So still not really sure what we want to do with this podcast, uh, mainly for educational content, sort of long form for a lot of our clients, but also for anybody else kind of wants to hear our message as a company and learn, okay? So today's episode will be a little bit unique. It'll be more on the informative education side of things, and it's going to be a topic I get a lot of questions about in the past year or so, and that is comparing wearable fitness devices. So think Fitbit and Garmin and Whoop and all of these things that have become very, very popular the past few years. The two things I'm going to jump into, the kind of the two items I'm going to compare today are going to be the Whoop strap, which is very, very popular in the CrossFit uh, space, to the Garmin Vivo Active 3 Music, which is what I've been using for the past maybe three-ish months, three or four months. So um, I'll have a table associated with this podcast, but the easiest way to compare these two devices was to kind of think of categories and then rate the two devices from a scale of one to 10, and then kind of see which one of the two devices won that category, but also of the magnitude, right? Because say if the one um, device had a better battery than the other one, but it was much greater, it's more important to see that as opposed to just like, this is a better battery, or this has a better recovery scores, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of see which, which would be, um, better in that category, but also maybe about how much, if it's a, a big difference or a very small difference, okay? And I had a few questions um, come through Instagram when I posted this about making the podcast. I might go, I might get to a few of those, but I really sort of tried to incorporate those into sort of my categories, some of my discussion within each category, okay? So I think we're pretty much good to go. Again, I will post a, a table sort of infographic with this. You want to kind of follow along as I go through each category. That may be a smart way to do it. So again, I think I have nine or 10 overall categories. I'm going to give my score for each of the devices and also... Um, uh, some of my just general thoughts about it. And again, for transparency's sake, I, I use the Whoop 2.0 strap. I think the 3.0 released like last month, depending upon when you're listening to this. I think it, it released like in May or in June of 2019. So the newer strap is going to be a little bit different than the 2.0 strap for, from what I've seen. But I use that for about one or two years. And then like I mentioned, I've used the Garmin VivoActive 3 for the past three or four months. So a little bit shorter time period there to compare. And again, when you're looking at these, make sure you're comparing the actual VivoActive 3 as the Garmin watch, because Garmin has 20 different watches you can kind of can use as wearables. So you don't want to compare the Whoop to the best Garmin watch out there. You kind of need to compare it to something at a similar price point. All right, so let's jump into it. So the first thing I have down here is comparing it on heart rate accuracy. And this is very important considering most people are wearing these to get either heart rate um, data throughout their day or heart rate data while they're exercising. Okay, so for the Whoop, I gave it a 5 out of 10. And for the Garmin VivoActive 3, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Okay, some thoughts on my low score for the Whoop. And if you're a Whoop user, if you've talked to some people about this, this is going to be kind of in my opinion, one of the biggest downfalls of the device is that it tends to have very, very large spikes in your heart rate throughout the day, even with very minimal 
activity. So big wrist movements like doing the dishes or doing laundry, taking a shower, just cleaning your house like vacuuming would often register as an activity. And the way that, that WHOOP would measure sort of your overall activity for the day is you get a, a strain score. And it's usually between like zero and 20, maybe like five and 20. And the higher strain score you got, sort of the, the more calories you burn that day, the more recovery you would need, right? But oftentimes I would get, say, a strain score of six on a really tough 45-minute uh, workout where I'm doing maybe several different EMOM, something like that. And I'll get that same strain score, six, of so doing 20 minutes of laundry. So that really, that, that was one of the big things for me. And it wasn't like this happened once a month. Like this would happen more often than not when I was doing those activities. I would kind of get an alert that like, you had a good training session. Here's your here's your heart rate data for the workout. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, and I've, I've been in like the athletes uh, support group on Facebook. And it's something that's very, very common uh, for people there. So that's why I kind of gave it a... A pretty low score there. I will say for the heart rate accuracy during longer workouts, if you wear it on your bicep, which I don't see a lot of people doing, but if you wear it on your bicep, I do think it's pretty good there. So actually during training, I think it could be fine, but throughout the day, it was really, really hard to trust it. Um, give me an accurate caloric expenditure or an accurate strain score based upon again just that that wacky spikes i would get throughout the day with with very casual activities monitoring just as hard as a workout to me okay and then the nine out of ten score for the vivo active um i've had no experience with those really high or low heart rates it's to be a lot more stable as far as measuring my heart rate i haven't gotten any 160 beat per minute while doing laundry and things like that. I will say that it's not great for lifting, but I don't think any heart rate device you're going to use on your wrist is going to be great for that. You would probably need to wear something like a chest strap to be a 10 out of 10 on there. So again, that's the one sort of limitation to wearing really anything on your wrist. And certainly the Vivo Active 3 from Garmin would be um, in that category. And then one other thing I think is really helpful too, especially for days that I'm not exercising, is that it's very accurate, in my opinion, on the uh, outside of the gym measuring. So things like my heart rate at a very low intensity or measuring my steps, it seems to be very, very good at doing that. And that kind of helps me as having a, a simple goal to have on days that I don't train. I don't want to just sit around and do nothing because I tend to get really tight and sometimes sore, sometimes just feel pretty like lazy if I do that. So if I have the goal of like maybe still getting 10,000 steps um, through through like a, a off day for me, maybe I'll go on like two walks as opposed to one walks. So it kind of helps me actually change my behavior for the better because I'm aiming for something as far as the step count, which again is just kind of like low grade recovery activity for me and not just be super lazy. Um, then lastly in the Garmin, I would say it's also very, I would say it's probably more accurate than the Whoop on low intensity, longer workouts, or certainly endurance exercise. But again, the Whoop didn't perform poorly there, but I do think that uh, the Garmin tends to be, again, just more stable. I don't have, when I look at my data, I don't just have like these wacky 199 heart rates right back down to 165 for 10 minutes it tends to be a little bit more consistent okay so again five out of ten for the heart rate accuracy on the whoop and nine out of ten for the heart rate accuracy on the garmin vivo active three okay sticking with the second category now similar this is going to be a heart rate measurement during crossfit or just like functional fitness i know a lot of people will do maybe not doing crossfit like fran but they're doing a boot camp where they're doing 10 back squats and 10 kettlebell swings and a 10 calorie ski and resting a minute, right? It's still circuit training, mixed weights with cyclical stuff, right? That type of training where it's not just lifting weights or not just doing endurance, okay? That'll still be in this category of, of functional fitness for me. So I gave the Whoop an 8 out of 10 and the Garmin Vivo Active 3, 6 out of 10. So the Whoop actually won this category. So a lot of things I, I mentioned with the, the accuracy is still very true with the um, Whoop there. But again, one of the, the big improvements, I think, from the Whoop to the Garmin 
is the fact that you can move the device. So this, you can buy a different strap or sometimes the straps are just big enough where you can move it from your wrist to your forearm. Um, or you can buy a bicep strap where you can obviously just move it all the way up to your bicep. And that's really, that's really helpful with measuring your heart rate during CrossFit type movements because it doesn't get in the way as often as something on your wrist, okay? So that's something that I think is just really, really cool that, that Whoop allows you to do. That's also a big limitation that the Garmin does not have since it is just a wristwatch and it has one band. For, I, they may have a bicep band. I haven't seen this at all. Um, if I'm doing something like kettlebell snatches or I want to just wear my gymnastics grips for like a thruster total bar workout where the, the watch itself may not get in the way, but now that I'm adding gymnastic grips in, it kind of gets in the way for me. Um, then it really, I have to take it off, right? So most of the mixed modal pieces that I I do now when I'm wearing, when I'm right now I'm using the Garmin Vivo Active 3, I take it off for that. Unless it's just lifting, like snatches, clean and jerks, or just endurance stuff, or um, it's, I'm not wearing any equipment, so it's something like um, thruster burpee, where I would just need like shoes and knee sleeves, then I would wear it then. But anytime I'm wearing gymnastics grips, which is a lot of workouts, um, or doing something where my wrist position may get kind of wonky, um, then I will take it off my wrist. Okay, so that's kind of why it gets a little bit lower score for me during functional fitness type exercise, six out of 10 there. Um, see what other notes I had down for the whoop. I think that's it. Um, I also kind of said that it seems to have better, more reliable data on your bicep for mixed modal pieces. So again, if you are gonna use the Whoop, and I'll say this many times throughout this, I would recommend wearing it on your bicep as much as possible. I think that will minimize the the weird spikes like with laundry and dishes, and I think it will be better for your heart rate measurement during exercise as well. The only problem is I don't see a lot of people doing that and it's kind of like awkward and tacky to do. If you're just like, I was doing this for a while, I would just like wear it in the gym with a bicep band, then I go to a coffee shop, and I have like this this band around my bicep like I'm, you know, like a Ivan Drago or something in a movie. So it's, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to switch back and forth between your wrist and your bicep. And again, I think once you put it on your wrist, measuring your stuff day to day, it's not gonna be that accurate. Okay, so moving into the third thing now, this is heart rate measurement during endurance exercise. So this would be more if you're a CrossFitter, maybe things like just running or just rowing or biking or a combination of that. Um, uh, or obviously, if you're an actual endurance athlete where that's that's kind of your main thing. So for the whoop, I gave it a seven out of 10. And for the Garmin, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Going to some of my notes here. Uh, again, I mentioned that it's it's more stable when it's used on your bicep during the whoop is more stable than it is on your bicep than on your wrist. So I definitely think in mixed modal pieces or, you know, just a 2K row, 2K ski, 2K bike, something like that. If you wear it on your bicep, it should be pretty uh, damn accurate there. The only downside, I think, to the endurance um, piece is that it moves, or, or sorry, the whoop for more endurance stuff is that it moves around a lot more. Like I said, the band is stretchy, which is kind of nice because it, it's somewhat comfortable, but um, you will have to adjust it quite a bit. If you start sweating or anything like that, you kind of have to pull it up and it's tightness doesn't get very, it doesn't get very tight sometimes, or sometimes you get it so tight that it's super uncomfortable. So it can be, it could also be a reason why the, the um, heart rate measurements get a little bit wacky sometimes there. But again, it's not bad, I think, for endurance exercise as far as measuring your, your heart rate. And then for the Garmin, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It is super stable and the, the heart rate measurements are super stable. And having the watch interface here really comes into play of just being a really big game changer, right? So if you've seen a whoop strap, it, there's nothing on the strap. It's just a black, the strap is like um, the centers on the bottom and the black strap is just sort of like a nylon thing that holds it down to your wrist, right? And the Garmin Vivo Active 3 is actually a watch with a face on it. So you see that it's 930, you see whatever is on the, fa the, the uh, 
face of the watch, right? And when I'm doing endurance stuff, I can in real time see things like my heart rate. If I'm doing running or cycling, I can see my speed, like my miles per hour on a bike or my um, running pace, like I'm doing a seven minute mile. Um, also, you can set workouts to your watch, like through your app. So the other day I did a workout that was like 600 meter run, 100 meter recovery, 300 meter run, 100 meter recovery with like sets of that. And I can put that into my watch really quickly and then I'll run the first 600. I kind of can see where I'm at, how long, how much further I have to go in that 600. And then as soon as I've kind of supposed to switch gears to my 100 meter speed, um, it buzzes my wrist. So I kind of know to slow a little bit down. It would buzz again for that, you know, harder 300 meter pace. So for endurance stuff, really there's no competition for me. The fact that there is... Uh, a watch face makes the Garmin pretty much unbeatable. I couldn't think of anyone that could say that the Whoop would be better here because you can just see all that stuff in real time. The Whoop obviously does measure your heart rate, but it's going to measure it on your phone. If you're out for a run, you're not going to know that your heart rate or if you're, you're not, not going to know your pace on a run or things like that. Okay. Um, I won't talk too much about the music side of the Vivo Active 3. That is the device that I have, but... Um, you can get the same exact device without the music function. But if you are getting the music fun function for about $50 more, that also is just a huge game changer for endurance stuff. I do not have to have my phone on me. Um, I can have either a podcast or a playlist through Spotify, download it on my wristwatch, have Bluetooth headphones, and it's paired up ready to go. So that's obviously sort of an added benefit to the heart rate measurement during endurance stuff. Okay. See where we're at, 15 minutes in. Try to get this under 30, guys, under 30. So fourth marker here. This is now daily recovery. So I gave the Whoop a 2.0 and the Garmin View of Active 3, or sorry, uh, the, the Whoop an 8 out of 10 and the Garmin a 7 out of 10. So let's go into my notes here. So the daily recovery for the Whoop is certainly the highlight of the service. Uh, when you look at other people using it, they're going to screenshot it and say, look, I'm 98% recovered today and they're in the green and all these cool things, right? But in, I gave it a pretty good score, still 8 out of 10. And that's probably, that's more than likely being a little bit nice. Um, I'm really just unsure of the accuracy of, of what that reading is, right? I know that it is based on HRV for the most part. Um, and I, I I'm a pretty good believer in HRV, even though I do think it has some psychological effects on people. But look, but met the the idea of looking at HRV as a useful tool, and you in looking at an individual device and how accurate that can measure HRV are two different questions, right? So it's not. I'm not saying that HRV is useless. I'm saying that does the Whoop accurately measure that HRV? And that's going to be some of my um, things that go over here. So um, very commonly, uh, maybe once or twice a week, say if I got up and went to the bathroom at, at 4 a.m., um, usually when you start moving a little bit, your Whoop will automatically take a recovery score for you. I think it senses you're, you're up and you should measure HRV and kind of automatically send you that data. So sometimes I would I would do that. I'd get up somewhat early to go to the bathroom, and I'd get a recovery score. I wouldn't look at it, but it would still be on my phone when I woke up and looked at my phone. And it would say I was 80% recovered, and my HRV was whatever, 150. Then I would actually wake up at 7 a.m. several hours later with more sleep, and then I would be 50% recovered. My HRV would be 108. And I'm like, how did I just get a better reading at four o'clock in the morning than I did at seven o'clock in the morning with three more hours of sleep, right? So and that would happen very often where my, it would just be a massive difference in my recovery scores, um, either few, a few hours ahead of time, or maybe even if I took, um, uh, uh, multiple readings within like 20 minutes of each other, the recovery score could change. Or sometimes like if, if it inaccurately, um, tracked your sleep say it had you go to sleep at one o'clock in the morning and you got six hours of sleep you go and can change it to okay i actually went to bed at 11 o'clock in the morning um so i got eight hours of sleep but then my recovery score would go down even despite getting two more hours of sleep 
right? So again, the idea of it is really cool. And I do think that this is why a lot of people are buying it. They wanna wake up in the morning, see a, an actual number that I'm X percent recovered, how hard or how much volume should I train today? And I really, really discourage people from doing that, especially if you're not tuned in to how you are as an athlete, because I think that will do more mental harm to you than it would. I just don't think the data for this device is, is that reliable to then have you manipulate your training around it, okay? Um, probably after using the Whoop for around a year, I wanted, I had some of these psychological things where and I'm sure a lot of people that have used this device, I've talked to some people that have used it. You wake up on a Wednesday, you're a little bit sore, but not crazy sore. You're excited for training. You feel maybe seven out of 10, eight out of 10 on a motivation level, right? You look at this device in the morning and it says you're 31% recovered in the red. And all of a sudden you're like, oh man, today's gonna be a hard day. And you're kind of unmotivated and you walk into the gym without any zip and it sort of just changed your overall mood by seeing this number, right? Um, and again, it could be it could be argued that HRV is supposed to do that. Maybe you did feel okay that day, we needed to throttle back down so you don't put yourself in a hole for several days later. But again, I would argue that you would need a more accurate HRV measurement based upon some of the things I just mentioned about getting wacky scores there, okay? So it really would affect my mood sometimes going into training or the opposite have happened, I would wake up wrecked, being like, I need to kind of take it easy today, but my recovery score would be 92, so in my head I'm like, oh, you're just being weak, like you need to go hard, it, this device is telling you you're in the green, so I would just run myself from the ground still, that I wake up the next day totally trashed, okay? So I was doing exactly what I'm advising people to not do with the device, is that to just go off of one day, I'm in the red or I'm in the green or I'm in the yellow, and base my training, not really necessarily what I was gonna do that day, but maybe like my my vigor of how hard I was going to do it was sometime placed upon that. And, and I would literally sometimes be in workouts thinking like um, I'm in the second round of a four round workout and it's kind of getting hard. Now I would remember in the back of my head like, oh yeah, you were in the red today, right? Which is just, I think such a poor thing for someone to think about, right? In the middle of a hard workout, should be thinking of what was my HRV this morning. So um, going into that with the daily recovery stuff, I started to take a journal in the morning of just how I felt. So I would, from a scale of one to 10, I would just say kind of how motivated I am, how excited I am with soreness, all of these things, joint pain, one to 10, how do I feel today? And I wouldn't, I would no longer look at my HRV score first thing in the morning. I actually would only look at it after I was finished training. So say I wrote down, I was eight out of 10, felt pretty good that day, went in, had a good training session, looked at my whoop afterwards. It says I was 35% recovered. I'd be like, oh, well that's weird that I felt great. And then my HRV was poor, but I had a good workout, right? But more often than not, I found that my, my just a simple one out of 10, how I felt that morning was pretty damn correlated with my recovery or my HRV score on whoop. Okay. So what that shows me is that probably just a cheaper and simpler way and, and not really a way to mess with your psychology is just taking a very, you know, in a journal or in a spreadsheet that you use to track your nutrition in or your true coach, whatever you track your training in, whatever. Um, doing that, just writing in like, I feel seven out of 10 today before I go train, or I feel three out of 10 today, didn't sleep very well, didn't have good digestion at breakfast, whatever. And I think that honestly could be better than a lot of these HRV devices that again, aren't giving you the most reliable data, okay? So that's how I recommend using it. If you already have a Whoop device or you are interested in using it is to not even look at your score before you train. Cause I think that will play with your head either having you push too hard or not hard enough. And I do like the idea that it's, it's measuring your readiness and sort of like your physiological readiness to adapt to training. But your psychology is also a, a part of training, right? If even if um, all your physiological measures are feeling great, but you you have some like lifestyle stress like relationship or financial or your dog is sick or something you go into a session thinking about that 
even though your HRV is good, it may impact your performance, right? So your psychology is still there. So even if this device tells you you're 95% recovered, but you feel like crap, that's going to affect your performance, right? So I, I do think the simple one out of 10, all things considered lifestyle, training, nutrition, all of that um, can be a really good measurement in and of itself, okay? So that's what I did. I found it to be fairly consistent with that outside of a couple of days where it's giving me weird results. Um, but sort of my thoughts on the recovery score. I know that's the, the heart of what the software is doing with Whoop, but again, those are my sort of good and bad and, and how I found it to be useful, um, how I found it to be really detrimental in some aspects to uh, to my performance, okay? Um, I won't touch upon too much of this with uh, Garmin. You don't get a direct HRV score from the device, but you do get a stress score, which is their way to measure your HRV in the morning. I haven't really paid attention to this, mainly for the same reasons that I didn't like the Whoop, is that I don't want to really know what my HRV is on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we'll talk about the app function of kind of how I think it can be helpful for the Whoop, but again, I, I really just don't want to see that data myself. Um, you also get your resting heart rate through both these devices, and, and that's easier to see on the Garmin. Um, you don't have to take any special stress score. You can just wake up and it automatically detects that. And I think your resting heart rate, again, from what I gather through the Whoop and kind of what just makes sense to me, can be a, a, a less accurate way to measure your HRV. Again, it's, it's essentially looking at your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, it's, it's a measurement of that, sort of how parasympathetic are you, which would essentially determine, you know, how ready you are to then be really sympathetic doing some sort of exercise. Okay, uh, let's see if there's anything else there with the HRV stuff. Um, oh, another thing again with the, with the WHOOP, and I know I gave it an 8 out of 10 here, so maybe that was going through all this stuff. It should be lower than that. Um, from my understanding, you cannot determine when that recovery score or when the device automatically takes your HRV. And that goes back to my comment about I'd wake up at 4 a.m. and go to the bathroom. Sometimes it would take my recovery score and then it would take it again at 7.15. And you don't, you don't like take it, right? It's just you wake up and you see it there. And sometimes you would wake up and within the first two minutes, you would see it kind of ping on your phone that your, your readiness is ready to view or whatever. Other times I would have coffee and oatmeal and be typing on my computer and then it'd be ready to view. So the inconsistency of when I would actually get that reading or when it would take that reading, I think plays a lot into how accurate the HRV can be. Because from my understanding, you need to be like laying down very calm to get a, a, a consistent HRV measurement. You kind of can think of it much like your body weight. If you weighed in Monday, first thing in the morning when you were naked after you took a piss, um, you may weigh 180. But then you wake up on Tuesday, three hours later with clothes on and already ate breakfast, you're going to weigh 184, right? You can't compare those two things. The same exact thing for HRV. If it takes my HRV one day when I'm typing on a computer after breakfast and one day when I was in bed, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be apples and oranges there. So from my understanding, you cannot determine when it takes that. Maybe in some of the newer software updates, you can sort of automatically take that. So you can maybe do it first thing in the morning before you get out of bed. Um, but again, I think that can be a huge limitation there with we know things like drinking water or meditating will acutely decrease, or sorry, uh, acutely increase your HRV. You'll make you more parasympathetic. So if you do some of those activities before you get your heart rate reading, it's gonna be really, really high. And if you get your reading before that, it may be a little bit lower, okay? So again, just the inconsistency there, I think with when it takes your measurement, can be a, another reason why I don't think the Whoop is, is great at recovery. Um, but again, the uh, the Garmin View Active 3 doesn't do any of that stuff either. So I can't say that the Garmin is better than that. Okay, now let's jump into the sleep um, tracker. So uh, for the Whoop, I gave it a 7 out of 10. And for the Garmin, I gave it 9 out of 10. So let's go into my notes here. Um, 
the actual measurements I got from the devices were very, very similar. Um, there was actually a two or three week time period where I was wearing both of these on opposite wrists or same wrist, kind of get some good information. And it seemed to be within like 15 minutes of each other as far as when it had me go to bed or had it with me when I woke up. So it's not a terribly different, for my opinion, device in those two aspects. But um, the battery would affect my the accuracy of the Whoop as far as the sleep tracker because if I went to bed and the Whoop was say at 20% battery, sometimes it could die in the middle of the night. So then clearly my, my um, sleep reading for that day would be off, okay? So that's one of the issues. That was more of a battery issue that still plays into how uh, it could affect your sleep. And then sometimes it would, it would mark me awake at really odd early morning times, right? So. I would normally wake up at 7 a.m. and it's, it's, maybe I did wake up at four o'clock or something for like, cause my dog hit me in the face, but then I like went right back to bed. Like I didn't even get out of bed. And it would mark me up at 4 a.m. It would take my recovery score. Then it would say that I never went back to bed. And that didn't happen a ton, but it happened enough for me to notice it more than a handful of times. So that's why I gave it a seven out of 10. I don't think it's that great for, for sleep tracking. Uh, for the Garmin, I do think that the battery life, the, it makes it just better for the sleep tracking because I only have to charge it once, maybe twice a week. So I've never had it die um, on my wrist overnight. So I've gotten a reading every single time I'm wearing it. Um, also, it's more stable. I've never had weird early morning times. You set your like standard sleep times and I'm probably going to go to bed between... 10, 10 o'clock and wake up at seven o'clock sort of a thing. And then it will um, start to take your sleep readings between then and measure, you know, if you were in bed for those nine hours, how much of that were you actually asleep? Okay. One other thing that um, I was worried about with it being like a smart watch where it can like receive text and things like that and notifications. Um, when you set your sleep hours and I actually put mine from like eight o'clock to eight o'clock on there. Um, you don't receive any notifications. So like I don't get a buzz on my wrist at randomly at 10 o'clock, I'm trying to go to bed and like wakes me up, right? So either when your phone is on do not disturb or I have an iPhone, I put it on do not disturb, it doesn't, it doesn't um, vibrate or during those sleep hours doesn't vibrate either. Okay, so pretty dang good for the sleep on the Garmin, nine out of 10. Uh, the Whoop isn't bad, again, just kind of the battery is the big uh, issue I think there, seven out of 10. Okay, uh, moving on to the next category, I have lifestyle. So I gave a Whoop five out of 10 here and the Garmin nine out of 10. Some of my notes on lifestyle, um, let's go to kind of Garmin here first. It's, it actually kind of has some functions here. I talked about the fact that it, it counts your steps, which I think is really nice for me on like non-training days to not just be a lazy slob. It has normal like smartwatch functions. So if I have like a meeting at 11 o'clock, it will buzz me, you know, with, attaches to my calendar. So if I'm not by my phone, it's nice. I can see text messages on there. I don't think I can, I think I can text back like little quick things like on my way or sounds good or whatever, but I've never done that. Um, so again, it has normal smartwatch functions. I won't go into that too much, but if you have a smartwatch or and you're interested in that, it does all the smartwatch things, which makes it lifestyle-wise actually usable. So nine out of 10 for me. Um, it has an actual watch face, which is nice, and you know, stopwatch and a timer and just really simple things like that. I could check the weather on there for the, the next few days. So again, it kind of has like mini phone functions, mini smartphone functions, okay? The Whoop, I have to give it a poor score. It's not really the brand it's not really the idea of the device but again it's you're wearing it on your wrist so i hated that most of the time i had i had to wear a whoop on one of my wrists and a watch on the other side of my wrist and i was like this device is hundreds of dollars and they can't even have like a time on it right um so it's kind of inconvenient to do that um that's why I kind of gave it a poor score there. It doesn't really have any other benefits. And it's, it, at least if it could just have like the time on it, that would be nice. Um, but again, that's just a big setback with the lifestyle aspect of it. Garmin, nine out of 10, really good for, a, I don't wear anything else on my wrist now. Just that measures um, all of my fitness stuff that I want along with just being a useful device for me in my life, okay? The next category is battery life. 
Um, I gave Whoop 5 out of 10 here and the Garmin 10 out of 10 here. This is, as you can see numerically, I think one of the biggest differences between the devices that I noticed. Um, with the Whoop, I had at least two battery replacements, um, or not even battery replacements, sorry, full device replacements that um, the, the device would, the battery would be so bad it would die within like an hour or two. So you couldn't even wear it during the day. Uh, the nice thing was they were always free. They'd always send it, um, send me a new device really for free and then easily there. Um, it was pretty quick. It would show up in a couple of days. So their customer service from Whoop is awesome. It's just a pain in the ass to like have that happen. And usually it would be like a gradual process where like for a few months the battery would be great. And then for a month or two it would like die within a day or two and then a couple of weeks it would like i swear it would just like kind of be hot and cold sometimes it would be fine sometimes it would die within a couple of hours it finally gets to a point where like you can't wear it anymore so it kind of comes to you as like a, a subjective call on when you wanted to replace your device right i would say when i first got it it was probably a full like two days so if i could probably wear it all of monday all of tuesday and they would need to charge it Tuesday night is kind of what I would expect to see from it. I will say with the 3.0 Whoop that I've seen, um, one of the big improvements they've said is that it's a five-day uh, battery life. I cannot confirm that that's actually the case, um, but they did mention that as an improvement over the 2.0. Okay. Uh, another thing with the battery for the Whoop that I actually liked was that the charging puck is portable. So essentially you charge the charger and then the puck can just go on top of your wrist. So it can still be on your wrist measuring your stuff and while it's charging. So it's very, very convenient to actually charge the device. But again, the, for me, the actual battery was poor. So if I charge it to 100%, sometimes it would die by noon or it would die by that night. Um, and I'm not trying to charge the device more than one time in a day. That's a little bit ridiculous for me. Um, so the, but the actual process of charging it is very, very simple. For the Garmin, um, the battery is so good on the Garmin, I often forget I have to charge it. Um, I charge it once or maybe twice a week. It probably can get by once a week. Sometimes I just be like, oh yeah, I should charge it. And it, even though it's at 40%, like right now I look, it's at 38% right now. I don't remember the last time I charged it. Um, so maybe I'd just be like, oh, I'm gonna go take a shower, let's throw it on the charger, right? But I probably can get away with charging it once a week, which is pretty insane. Um, again, for me, it's just, it's such a bit of a peace of mind thinking I don't have to like, oh man, what's it at? Or do I need to charge it? Or is it going to die during my workout or all that stuff? Like, I just know that very unlikely it's going to die on me. Um, both of them charge pretty quickly in my experience there. Um, I think maybe the whoop charges a little bit quicker, but it's a pretty inconsequential thing. And maybe like the whoop charges in 20 minutes and the Garmin charges in 30. Like it's not a, a big deal there as far as uh, uh, making a decision. So again, battery, big, big plus for the Garmin. Um, maybe it can be improved quite a bit in the new whoop 3.0. Okay, uh, the third to last category here, I try to go under 45 minutes, we may make it. Um, so app function, okay, so it's kind of the software, or sorry, the, the, on your phone, um, how you kind of would see a lot of your information. So I gave the Whoop here a nine out of 10, and the Garmin a seven out of 10. Going into my notes, um, one of the things I really liked about the Whoop was its weekly performance assessment. So this would essentially take all of your strains and all of your recoveries throughout the week and kind of give you an overall assessment of kind of how your your stress was that week. Were you under stress, optimal stress, or overstressed? And this is where I would think, and again, not sure how how accurate their HRV measurements are, but if you are going to use them to pay attention more to that weekly assessment, more so than the day-to-day -day things like I mentioned. Okay, so Maybe if you had your weekly assessment on Sunday and it says that you um, uh, were in optimal stress, you, f you also felt good that week, um, you, you had mostly good training sessions, that would kind of guide you to say, okay, my sleep right now is good enough, my, my recovery stuff is good enough right now to continue on. And then again, 
maybe if you were overstressed, dialing back the volume, maybe if you were understressed, uh, increasing your volume or frequency, kind of can be used like that, okay? I also just like the interface more on the app for the Whoop. It could just be because I used it for longer and I was more comfortable with it, but I just kind of like how you navigate through the recovery and the stress and the HRV and all that stuff. It's just a little bit simpler for me to use. Um, I also really like the app function. So the Whoop would give you a sort of a sleep recommendation and it would be based upon um, if you want to, I think, get by, peak, or sorry, get by, perform, or peak. It's kind of depending upon how much sleep you wanted to get, maybe the, the relevance of that next workout session for you. It would say, okay, you need this much sleep, this much sleep, or that much sleep, all right? And, and generally speaking, I think people should be in more routine than that. Like you shouldn't sleep seven hours a day and then 10 hours a day sort of thing. I think you should always kind of shoot for like eight to nine. But anyways, it was kind of cool to see that. And it was really, if you have an iPhone, it's similar to like how you would make that dial go back on your sleep function where it's like, okay, every day I wake up at seven o'clock based upon my strain score today, that means I need to be in bed by 1020, right? So it kind of just gives you a really simple marker to shoot for of when you actually need to be in bed. Um, as opposed to a lot of people will um, say, Oh, I'm going to go to bed by this time tonight. Um, and they don't really hit that number because they're not thinking of most people are not going to change their wake up time, right? So you can't say, Oh, I'm going to go to bed at 10 30 a little bit later tonight, but then wake up at 7 30. You probably have to wake up at seven every single day to go to your job. So it's better to think about changing your bedtime as opposed to changing up your wake time, which again, the app on the Whoop makes it really cool to do that. Um, the Garmin app isn't bad. It's again, just comparing it to the, the whoop. I don't like it as much. Um, it still has like the seven day averages, much like the weekly performance assessment for the whoop. It's just not all aggregated together, right? So the cool thing about the whoop, why a lot of people like it is that the recovery score, like it, it's a one number that takes into consideration your strain, your sleep, um, all of those things, right? versus um, something like the Garmin will just say, okay, you've slept this much time over the past seven days. You've consumed this many calories over the past seven days. You're, you've done this many workouts over the past seven days. It kind of gives you all that stuff individually. It doesn't really like, it doesn't really um, merge them all together for a nice simple score, right? So you still get the data. It's just, if you're maybe a little bit more of a novice, it's gonna be harder to make. Um, a clear judgment off of that. So again, I just think the, the setup for the, the app is a little bit better on the Whoop in my opinion, okay? Um, last two things here. So uh, these are pretty simple things that I would at least throw them in. Um, comfort is another category I had. I had eight out of 10 for the Whoop and nine out of 10 for the Garmin. Uh, some of my notes here were the band does stretch most of the bands do stretch on the whoop uh some of the ones that don't stretch i think are just like way too rigid and super uncomfortable on your wrist so i always had a more stretchy uh band but again sometimes they would just like get so uh um stretched out that i would need to like double fold it over for it to stay on my wrist or get a new band in general so uh, other than that, it really didn't bother me throughout the day. There, it's a super lightweight device, so it's not like I'm I'm thinking about it being heavy on my wrist. Um, it would kind of itch from time to time, and I would switch my wrist, but again, nothing super crazy. Of, I wouldn't say that's a reason not to get it. Um, the for the Garmin, even though it's an actual watch face and not just a band, it is very very light. It's way lighter than I expected it to be. I'd say it's a tad bit heavier than the Whoop, but again, it's tiny tiny difference um you probably can get different bands as well with garmin or i think probably any watch band honestly would work on on this um so it's kind of hard to compare the entire watch uh there because the band could just be changed out but the silicon band that it comes with um, sometimes irritates my wrist when i'm typing and that's really just any any watch that i've put on if i like put my hand on my laptop it's kind of always pressing against that that band so i have to kind of take it off when i'm working sometimes but again not a big deal it doesn't happen all the time and much like the whoop sometimes it does itch a little bit and i'll change it from my left wrist to my right wrist but nothing super major there 
And then last category here, this is value. So it's sort of like a financial value. And I'll also kind of do my overall wrap up of the two devices here. Um, so I have six out of 10 on the Whoop and nine out of 10 on the Garmin Vivo Active 3. So the price point for the Whoop is kind of hard to tell right now because they are they did just recently change the subscription model so it's no longer like you buy the device and it's yours since the device is free and they have to pay x amount of month to have it work all right so it looks like on their website right now and this is for the 3.0 so it's gonna be a little bit better than the device i just mentioned but it's about 300 bucks for the first year and then 30 bucks a month after that it looks like the most smart way to do it right so it, it's one of those subscription packages where the longer you pay, commit to, um, com the longer commitment you give them, the cheaper it is per month, right? Those sort of things. Um, the most common thing you'll see on there is 30 bucks a month. So that ends up being 360 bucks a year. So you kind of can think maybe between 300 and 360 is what you're gonna pay for it. Um, and that's per year, right? So if you're having this for two years and it's $700 and three years it's $1,000 and it, it adds up much like a, but like another device, like if you bought a Garmin, you could just simply buy a new watch every year, or you could just keep the same watch for more than one year, and then it's a better value then. Um, so um, overall, I'll wrap it up with, so that's kind of why I gave the value what it is. I think it's um, not great for the whoop, and I'll kind of go over my overall thought process too with my, my, my review of it and sort of the value of it in one. So I think the Whoop can be worth it for high-level athletes that already have their stuff in order. Um, I would say high-level, more uh, functional fitness athletes and not endurance athletes because I think the endurance athletes would much, much prefer having the markers on their wrist for them to see in real time. But if you already invest in things like a, a coach, um, you know, coaching like trainers, whether it's a program you're following or in-person trainer or online program or whatever you follow, a nutritionist, you have like your basic equipment needs, like you have lifting shoes and a nice jump rope and, and things like that. Um, you do like somewhat consistent body work or recovery, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into the efficacy of all that, but whatever you think is beneficial for you, if you're, if you're putting your money into that. Um, then it could be like a part of that, right? So you have your programming in check, like you're not missing workouts, you're working with a nutritionist, like your body weight is, is where it needs to be or you're working on getting to where it needs to be. All of your equipment needs are good. You don't have shitty shoes. You don't have, you don't do your 5K runs in your nanos and things like that. Then this may be a smart move for you, right? Um, it can be useful, like I said, the, the weekly assessments, uh, if you have a coach giving them that HRV data and not using it yourself as sort of like an overly emotional thing, it's probably the best thing, the, the smart thing to do. Um, so again, high level athletes, people that now are aiming to compete at sectionals, um, no, sorry, sanctionals, um, CrossFit Games athletes, uh, people like that, I think maybe weightlifters, powerlifters, maybe even the HRV could be useful for, um, again, assuming all the other things are in check. If you like, don't follow a good program or you need some new running shoes or you don't work with nutritionist or you've never gotten a movement screening done and you have overhead issues, I would say investing your money into those things would be way more wise than getting a wearable like the Whoop. And then for the um, average Joe, just someone that works out four or five times a week, maybe does some extra stuff after class, or you just you know do normal group training classes at a CrossFit or Orange Theory, or you do cycle bar or whatever, I would not recommend it. Um, unless you just really, really like data and you have a lot of discretionary money to spend and three, 300 bucks a year is nothing to you, then you can do it there. It's kind of a, a cool thing that can get you excited, but really just the lack of lifestyle features like the, the watch face and counting steps and there's no smart, you can't receive like appointment reminders or things like that, you can't check the weather. Um, I think most people would be better suited with a Garmin or an Apple Watch or I don't, I've never looked into the other ones, but Samsung makes a watch now and Fitbit makes, a, you know, all those things. I think they'd be pretty better suited for one of those devices as opposed to the Whoop. Really for the, again, the, the uh, I know this isn't their only um, 
target because if this was your only target you would sell like a couple hundred devices but the target population for me is extremely high level crossfit athletes using a whoop and not people that just random just do crossfit for fitness is not where i think people are going to get um, a great benefit out of whoop again in my opinion based on what i've seen in the 2.0 model okay then for the garmin i'll be a little bit more quicker with this um i kind of have like a really a simple way to to explain this if you want to wear a watch and you're into fitness uh, you're gonna love it. Uh, it's pretty much that simple. Um, again, I want. I really, when I made the switch over, I really wanted to not wear a watch and a fitness device. I wanted to be in one. I wanted it to look pretty cool and not look like a clunky, like I'm about to do a triathlon every single day on my wrist. Um, and it gives me more than enough good data on GPS running, on you know calendar reminders, all of that stuff. So if, again, if you're like me, want a cool looking watch that's into fitness and wants to measure some basic things, you're gonna love it. If you're an endurance athlete and you do things a lot like running and biking and swimming, you're gonna absolutely love it. Like you probably already have one. So um, uh, those are my thoughts there. Uh, again, I do have the music version, which is $250. It's still cheaper than the non-music version of there's no there's no music version but um of, of the whoop so the regular garment is 200 and then the music is 250 so it's substantially cheaper than the whoop with no music and still cheaper with the music uh, again the music is really cool for me if i go on even walks with my dogs i don't have to take my phone or especially runs it's really nice not have my phone in my pocket while i'm running again i can have a um, hepped up to my AirPods super simply and download music onto the actual uh, watch and it, it's really helpful there. Um, most people don't listen to music while they do CrossFit, but if you did, it could be helpful there. Again, you're not gonna always be in range of your phone if you're using your Bluetooth there. So if it's on your wrist, it may be a little bit more uh, simple. So that's uh, my thoughts, guys, on comparing the Whoop 2.0 to the Garmin VivoActive 3 music. Again, I will post up a uh, table kind of comparing all of those things so maybe an overall score based upon those nine or ten categories i did and uh, if you guys have any other questions about it you can always um shoot me a message on instagram or email me at myobraincoaching at gmail.com uh, as i'm sure most of you know myobrain does online nutrition exercise coaching for people so if you're interested in learning more about that and becoming a client or just looking at some of our free stuff you can go to myobrain.com backslash consulting. Uh, check out all of our coaches, sort of what we're about and all that stuff. All right. Thanks, guys.